Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul Rand McNally. And we'll be your hosts and tour guides on a trip across America, one small town at a time. In the spirit of our great-great-grandfather, we're traveling the country writing the family's first almanac in over 50 years. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers' comprehensive guide to small-town America. Each week we'll be in a new town, and after getting to know the place and the people, we'll tell you, the listener, all there is to know. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of These Parts. I'm Vince McNally, one half of your two hosts, and that makes this my brother, my co-host, and my friend, your other host, Elliot McNally. Elliot, I hope you brought an appetite this week. Vince, I always bring my appetite wherever I go. How are you? I'm great. Uh, And you know what? What a town because it really kind of, uh, it was right up our alley, so to speak. Uh, I don't know about your alley, but it was definitely right up my alley. Uh, I think you know very well whose alley it was and wasn't up, Elliot. It was up the alley of our entire family, Vince, because, you know, I was looking through some old etchings. You know how I am about my etchings and my etching collection. You're very passionate about etching in general, and your own etchings are no exception. So I, I found this one. Don't don't touch it. Just look. I was I was three feet from it, Elliot. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you're not going to touch it. But it's, you'll see from a distance that is our great great grandfather Rand McNally with a mobile food dispensing unit it looks like to be a wagon or a cart of some kind we have a donkey and they're selling watermelons that have been cut in half apparently when rand was going around and doing his cartographical interpretations of the country he was also selling food to make some ends meet what happened was different townspeople caught wind that he was just stealing food from local general stores or Indian tribes. And people got pretty upset about that. But the point is he was entrepreneurial just as he always was. He he used a, a cart and donkey so he could flee the authorities more effectively while selling the foods and wares to other vagabonds. In a sense, he was the very first food truck. And that is a very apropos, listeners, to where we are today. It's a town, Vince, that I think we should put on the map. Let's do it, Elliot. So listeners at home, take out your comprehensive Rand McNally U.S. wall maps and your commemorative pushpins and get ready to stick a pin in a very interesting town in Oregon. Now, Vince, I, for one, and I know you do too, love to be in towns that are rooted in history, but we also love to be in towns that are part of a burgeoning community or a trend of some kind. And Carlo Wiley, Oregon is exactly that. Absolutely. That's the town we're in this week. Carlo Wiley, Oregon. It's a town that's very, very deep into the food truck scene. I'm sure you listeners at home, whatever cities, metropolises, or small towns you're in, have seen the food truck phenomenon sweep the nation. But in no town is it more on the nose than here in beautiful Carlo Wiley, a town on the move. Let's not stick the pin in ourselves, though, Elliot. We've got a very special guest. Our guest today is the proprietor and restaurateur of the very first brick-and-mortar food truck. You heard that right, listeners. In a, in a stunning twist of innovation, this man is taking the food truck and making it into a store. Would you introduce yourself? Uh, yes, yes. I'm uh, Chauncey Lingstrom. 
Chauncey Langstrom, thanks yes. so much for being on the show, first oh, of all. Oh, my, my pleasure. This is very exciting. Would you take a pin and stick it in Carla Wiley for us? Absolutely. And there it is. It looks there beautiful. You'll notice yes. that we have a little food truck pin this oh, week. That's so apropos. Thank you so much. It's four-wheel drive. It actually works. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so as it drives off the map there, can you tell us a little about yourself, Chauncey, and a little about your food truck? Well, uh, my family is actually uh, steeped in a long, long tradition of uh, mobile food service. My great-grandparents came out on the Oregon Trail, and uh, my great-great-grandfather, uh, Lars Lindstrom, he was a uh, chuck, he drove a chuck wagon hmm. for the uh, cattle drives in the area, and he would uh, go from Oregon and all up the all up and down to California and uh, serving serving meals to the to the cow hands, the cowboys, the cowpokes. All cow related professions. Yes, and then uh, later during the uh, depression, we uh, also uh, decided to uh, go out on the road. The family, my grandfather uh, uh, Eric Lingstrom, he would uh, drive uh, drive up and down the highway and. Uh, give food away to, uh, you know, the vagabonds of the day. And then uh, recently I, uh, I decided to uh, pick, up the, pick up the tradition myself and uh, made a little food cart, started going to the local sporting events, football and uh, the high school football team and uh, peewee baseball leagues. I would just drive up into the parking lot and throw down some Throw down some vittles, as we like to say, in the trade. So your food truck is still mobile, even though it's brick and mortar. Well, it was uh, it was mobile until the uh, till the accident, and uh, oh, that's there was an how accident. I. Well, there was a small uh, there was a small accident involving a cement truck, uh, which accidentally backed into the food truck and and dumped a load of cement that uh, coagulated around the base of the uh, food cart, which uh, keeps me from moving it from place to place. See, you know what? This is what I love about small-town America. Life gave you lemons, but instead of complaining, you made delicious lemonade in the form of the nation's first stationary food truck. This is exciting stuff. What kind of vittles does your personal truck sell, Chauncey? We specialize in uh, smoothies. My grandparents recently passed away, and I inherited a large blender collection, and uh, we decided to incorporate that into the food booth. It's a way for us to really churn out the uh, food items quickly. Uh, we found that the chopping and the cooking and... Uh, preparing of food that way was a little bit slow and clunky so now we just get to throw stuff in a blender whip it up and uh, serve it to the public and for our listeners wanting to visit carla wiley what is this truck called this is called smooth run-ins i have had the pleasure of dining at smooth run-ins in the run-up to our episode, wanted to get, you know, pardon the pun, but a taste for the local flavor and understand what our guest was all about. I have to say your spaghetti bolognese smoothie is, um, it's, a, it's a brave and daring take on the dish. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's, uh, well, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. We're still 
fine tuning it. I'm no critic, but could I could I humbly suggest considering cooking the noodles before you add it into the blender? Ah, yeah. Well, you know, like I say, a lot of culinary uh, culinary things are you know really about experimenting, finding out what works mm. and what doesn't. And I am uh, sorry for. That misstep. Uh, we really thought that the uh, uncooked pasta would sort of cook through the heat and the gyration of the blending process. We thought that that would work. Well, don't don't take my word for it. Well, you know, I, we're just always trying to find ways to quicken the food preparation process. Well, that's really at the heart of the mobile food truck industry, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there's such a rivalry between the established restaurants and the food trucks. And people in the town seem to think that you're making some sort of a statement or at least trying to bridge the gap between this rivalry by having a stationary food truck. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I'm just trying to... To give the people what they want, I'm trying to fill in the gaps. Uh, having a having a brick and mortar f- uh, food booth now, it's it's just a, a food cart. It's easier for people to find me. Uh, uh, they always know where I am. Uh, I uh, I have the people coming to me rather than me going to the people, and that's mm-hmm. kind of turned the food cart business on its ear a little bit. It's got some people upset. Uh, they don't think that I really should be calling myself a food cart anymore, but you know, once a food cart, always a food cart. That's what I say. Well said. And any listeners who want to sample this gap bridging themselves, I would highly recommend at smooth run-ins to order the peace offering, which is olives and an actual branch blended together. Yes, yes. Served lukewarm. I, there's actually a small amount of dove's blood in there as well. That sounds scrumptious. And it's helped keep the dove population down, and that was a problem here. Really? What, the town was overrun by doves as well as food trucks? Overrun by doves, yes. Well, doing his part economically and ecologically, mm-hmm. this is Chauncey Lingstrom, everybody. And, Elliot, I know you want to take a bite out of the next segment. And that would be called Elliot's Eats. Listeners, my brother is a huge foodie, and he will not let us hear the end of it. That's why we dedicated an entire segment to his food adventures. Elliot, isn't it right that you choose one establishment to stake out and order most of the things off the menu so you get a real intimate understanding of what they have to offer? It is, Vince, and... I have been diverging from this lately because all week there's been so many options here. It it was hard to pick one and nail it down. You know what I mean? A veritable cornucopia of food offerings. There is the cornucopia truck that is shaped like a giant cornucopia and run by people dressed as pilgrims. I would definitely check that out. I went and they only had gourds to offer me. Oh, really? really They they sell out pretty fast. It's called Plymouth Rolls. Um, but I've hit up a lot of the food trucks and Chauncey, I'm sure that you have your favorites too. Um, I wanted to go through a list of a few that I liked the best guys. It sounds good. Yeah. So the first one, I'm a huge movie buff. I'm a huge theater buff. That's where it stems from. And there is a Shakespearean food truck called Williams steak spears. And this actually was created by a troupe of Shakespearean actors in the town who They were already living in a truck together because they didn't have enough money. And they thought, you know, why don't we start selling food out of this truck? And they made more money in the food game than they ever have in the acting game. Yeah, there's not a a lot of theater fans. 
here. So, yeah. Well, because uh, I'm assuming it would be hard to watch theater with countless doves flying by all the time. It's really difficult. You have no idea. So, uh, Vince, <laughs> a couple things I sampled here that were just phenomenal. There's Taming of the Stew, which is just basically they go and dumpster dive and make a stew out of whatever they can find. Refuse meat. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I read about that. Um, there is... They, they have a great veggie burger. It's called Cyrano de Burgerac. And that one is, is just phenomenal. I, I am a vegan, obviously. And I, I'm always trying to find things that satiate me in whatever town we're in. Usually it's pretty meat heavy. But Oregon is pretty forward thinking. And they were great about this. Chauncey, have you checked out this food truck? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. And I have to say their iambic potatoes are quite delicious. Really enjoy that. Did you guys get a chance to sample much fondue about nothing? <laughs> I have not yet. You know, you don't see many fondues at a food truck because <laughs> they're so keen on making it mobile friendly and handheld. But It comes in a bread bowl. Shaped like a skull. I think it's going to really take off this winter. Uh, it's just not a fondue's just not a summer fair. That's true. That's a good point. I really like also in the bread bowl Romeo and Juliet is, is great. Some people think that they have too many pun names, but I think there is just enough. I would say not enough. I would say not nearly enough. I would say not enough as well. Yes. So right next to uh, uh, William Shakespeare, which oddly does not have any uh, spit or spear based meats is an outer space themed food truck and i love this one so much it's called rocket man and it has a a bunch of different sweets and dessert options there's the blintz is back there's hold me closer tiny danish you know what now that i think about it it's actually an elton john food truck oh that explains it that explains it it, the man on the, the photo on the front of the food truck just looked like a, a larger man who enjoyed pastries, so I thought it fit the theme, even agnostic of the Elton John remarks. Well, and the, the windshield is just huge purple glasses. I thought that they were some sort of alien glasses at first. <laughs> I see. Chauncey, you're obviously, you have your, your ear and your mouth close to the ground in terms of the food game here in Carla Wiley. What are some of the hidden gems that you like to check out when you're not eating your own amazing smoothies? Well, uh, there's a new uh, booth that uh, caters to uh, cats, it's called the the feline food fair. The feline food fair. The feline food fair. I thought it was actually a a fair that was traveling through town, but it's a new it's a new food cart, and uh, they've really stumbled onto something that I think is quite clever, which is they uh, they merely have to go through the trash of the other food carts uh, and serve those up in those. Those little square paper dishes, people buy them for their cats. Cat community is huge right now. We all know how popular they are on the interweb. Well, you know, they were sort of the heroes of uh, Carlo Wiley when they uh, helped out with that dove problem that was really tearing the town apart. Yes, you guys uh, brought in a large amount of feral cats to take out the doves. We try to to manage things in nature's way. So what are you going to do when uh, you have to get rid of the cats? Well, I, I think the uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious. We're going to turn to uh, donkeys. Donkeys are the natural predator of cats. Natural enemy of cats. Yes. So even though the feline food fair caters mm. to cats, is mm. are there uh, human options as well? 
well? Uh, you know, I uh, I believe that there is a, a new uh, Chechen food booth that's opening up. Uh, the portions are very, very small, and uh, they're closed most of the time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're. What their what their business blueprint is for that, but uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm really into the uh, way people run their businesses and uh, not so much the f- actual food they sell. That's what interests me. I think business mogul Mark Cuban pioneered that style called unrunning a business, where you just don't run the business that you start. Yeah, I think uh, you know you make it difficult for people, and they really clamor to your business. Whereas if you if you make it too easy, it's uh, it's like the it's like the easy girl in high school. You know, it can be too easy. Well, Mark Cuban started the Shark Tank food truck as well in town. Yes, yes. Just endangered sharks that you can pick from. Right. Yeah, that didn't uh, it didn't go over too well with the local locals. Well, guys, before we move on, I think we'd be remiss not to mention my favorite food truck um it's a do-it-yourself seafood bar called shrimp and ate easy and uh and the proprietors they're very you know like down to earth they're they're cool cats uh sort of a beatnik crowd are they cats <laughs> they're not they're not actual felines oh, okay. no they are stationed surreptitiously next to the feline food fair yeah and yeah you eat your own peel and eat shrimp but they're still alive when they're served that's right and uh and uncooked. That's right. You're completely inedible. It really, yeah. It's 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 interesting to see people trying to n- negotiate a plate of their food. It really is. It makes for some good people watching. I'll tell you that. When you hear the top chefs of today talking mm. about their cuisine and their culinary art, it's not about necessarily making things that people eat. It's making things that people experience. And I think that this has been quite an experience trying all these food trucks. Well said, Elliot. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a cornucopia here. Have you guys tried that cornucopia food truck? <laughs> I, t- I did. I did, Elliot. I did. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I had my fill of squash. They serve full squashes. And again, just completely whole squash, not peeled or mm-hmm. anything. It's, mm-hmm. There's a tough one to get through. It's briefly microwaved. That's the only way they prefer it. The presentation, though, is spectacular. I got to take off my hat to those guys for that because it is a it's beautiful. They take off their pilgrim hats and use the belts around them in mm-hmm. order to uh, tie up any food that you want to take to go, which I think is pretty innovative. Yeah, yes, yes, it's nice. Well, and I think we should take some of this segment to go, Vince, and head on over into our next segment. That's a fantastic idea, Elliot. That's called Wouldn't You Like to Know? So listeners, wouldn't you like to know is your weekly opportunity to write in to Vince and I and our guest and ask us questions about whatever town we're in. Each week we do three. Guys, I've got the first one. Can't wait to hear it, Elliot. This one comes from Sarah in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks for writing, Sarah. Sarah says, Vince and Elliot love the show. I love food and I love food trucks and I couldn't help. But notice that you guys drive some sort of a truck wherever you go. Did you guys try your hand 
in the food truck game while in Carlo Wiley? What a huh. great question. Very, very, very humbling to receive a question about us, Elliot. So we actually did receive a temporary food truck license to experience what it's like peddling food out of an RV. They give those away at the at the border crossing into Carlo Wiley. Yeah, it's really easy. Vince, did you like uh, having our own food truck? You know, Elliot, I gotta tell you, uh, I thought it would be all fun and games, but it's actually a lot of work. It is. We decided to name our truck... Uh, Vince and Elliot's RV food and the RV stands for really varied and I I think Vince if I were to critique us at all it would be we got too many ingredients we bit off too much uh, a little more than we could chew so to speak exactly pun intended and we were more focused on the breadth of the menu than actually preparing the food Uh, we actually in the week that we stayed we never completed writing a tiny chalkboard menu that hung on the front of the RV because it was indeed so extensive. We only made it through borscht. Yeah, we tried to do alphabetically and it just didn't work out. It's a, it's a classic mistake. You guys shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Do you have a, a special guy that you get your tiny chalkboards from, Chauncey? Uh, yes. There's a, a man in town, uh, Queenie McBee, and he is a uh, he owns a uh, large uh, slate of... I want to call it a slate farm but that's not that's not quite right but he has a lot of slate and he he loves to hand make these uh these chalkboards and that's why you see all the uh, food carts in uh, town have them so he has kind of a, a monopoly on the menu um he really does he uh, in a way he uh he holds a great uh, great sway over what happens in the in our town well i feel bad for using such a gigantic slab of his custom slate then but don't don't feel bad don't feel bad where that came from i'm sure yeah yeah wow what a great question um we'll remember that for next time it's a little endearing to hear that we fell into one of the classic food truck pitfalls mm-hmm. um this is truly why you leave it to the experts elliot i've got the next question for us all right Vince, fire it up it's in the form of an instantgram post oh i love these i too love instantgrams and uh this is a picture and it's a picture of a crudely drawn film reel. Huh. It's someone drew it on paper and then took a photo of it. That's kind of on trend, I think. I would agree. Uh, and the user's name is Movies Rule. And the caption goes, Carlo Wiley! Exclamation point. I'm reading it just as it's written, for clarity. Mm-hmm. Setting of famous movie! Exclamation point. Colon. Deliverance. Hmm. Emoji showing a guy or a little face kissing, and then there's three of those. There's also the little canoe emoji there too. I see. Oh yeah, how could I? I shouldn't have missed that one. That one's important. Well, you know, it's that, unfortunate. Yeah. Movies rules because it seems that you got a little bit mixed up. Are you a, a fan of Deliverance, Chauncey? No. Oh, who isn't? That movie really has it all. Uh, water sports, camping. <laughs> Just all the uh, the different cultures. But to, to verify, it was not shot or filmed here in, in Carlo Wiley? Sadly, no. Sadly, no. The uh, the river was uh, diverted far away from uh, 
Carlo Wiley uh, during the '60s, and uh, so they uh, they scouted the area. Uh, oh, so the the river in Georgia actually extended to Oregon, and they diverted it in the '60s. Is what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Huh. I didn't realize yeah. the movie was that accurate. It was. But. It was a it was a huge project. <laughs> so it, it could have been, and I think Vince, what are listener is maybe confused with although i think we can all agree that movies do rules <laughs> but he might be confused with the food truck burnt reynolds and they serve just burnt toast they oh, i mean that's a little unfair they serve burnt all sorts of breads they serve burnt pita yeah they, they also serve you know burnt sourdough i had a whole burnt baguette it's actually burnt reynolds because uh, they, they serve everything on Reynolds wrap, so it's, uh, oh, it's a it's the it's a not that rare double pun. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, th- thank you for your question. All the same, movies rules. Uh, I agree. Movies rules, and you know, better luck next time, Chauncey. Do you have the the third and final question for us here? Uh, yes, uh, I have the uh, question. Uh, this one is from Alice Springwater in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Uh, she wanted to know uh, if there were any uh, any soup-themed restaurants or food carts here in Carlo Wiley. Soup-themed? So not necessarily soup. they serve soup? Uh, no, no, uh, but just soup-themed. Themed, uh, uh, taking. I think what she's referring to is uh, soup to nuts, which is the uh, food cart that uh, takes all of the soup, your basic soups, bisques, chowders, purees, and then actually just prepares those in a sandwich. So they're just basically soups without the liquid. Are there nuts on the menu or no? They everything comes with a little handful of nuts. Okay, so they wanted to extend it from soups to nuts. So they that's just, it. Okay, that's great. that's it. Yes, that sounds delicious. Ellie, did you get a chance to sample any of the soup sandwiches? You know, I I didn't actually. I've heard they're great. I think if you take some burnt Reynolds bread. It holds up a little more than the actual bread they provide you. That's just an insider tip. Ooh, that is interesting. Though I do have to give a shout out to their mulligat hoagie, which is a a delicious blend of two old classics. I gotta say, that's one of my favorites as well. When you started reading this question, I immediately thought of the food truck Miso Horny. Um, and that's a different uh, Asian food truck that's in town. That, that, all, that they serve soup as well. Yeah, they've they've run into a little problem with the law here. And yeah, there. they're operating some uh, fly by night activities outside of the back of the truck. It's a it's a, it's a very evocative booth, and uh, their problem was I th- I think the where they ran afoul was was uh, setting up so close to the school. <laughs> Well, and they, they claim that the happy ending is just the little oyster crackers you get at the end, but yeah, some people yeah. would disagree. So, so they're still in business. They're just set up just right outside of the city limits, and I think they're going to do well. That was a, a great foray into some very amazing questions and food truck options, I think. Uh, and speaking of the city and the city limits, Vince, we have a next segment that we don't break out all too often, but I think is great for this town. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's called Hall Monikers. So listeners, Hall Monikers 
is where Vince and I get to talk about how the town we're in got its name. A lot of times, you know, uh, we'll be in a town, Lakeville. Well, of course, that's from the lake. Or uh, what, what's another example, Vince? I mean, to, to kind of turn that idea on its head, we were in Lake Church, Rhode Island, where there were no lakes nor churches. That's true. So when we break this segment out, it is when we have a town curiously named. So, Chauncey, being a native of Carlo Wiley, I'm mm-hmm. sure you know the backstory of the name. Yes, it's very interesting. You know, Carlo Wiley uh, actually was, in the beginning, two, two separate towns, Carlo and Wiley. Uh, the, uh, there was a lot of animosity between the two towns. Uh, Wiley actually was a distinctive town because it actually had a large moat around the entire city. And uh, <clears throat> during the uh, drought of 39, I believe, uh, the moat dried up and uh, the people of the two towns decided, you know, they needed to stop, stop all the, uh, stop all the animosity. Uh, thirst and dryness really brings people together. So they, they filled in the moat and it was uh, one town after that. It was actually Wiley Carlo <clears throat> for a while, and then a referendum in 1976, they changed it to Carlo Wiley. Well, I think that's in all fairness. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's some talk about changing it back, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so is there still um, an animosity that maintains with the people that lived in the original Wiley side of town or the original Carlo side of town? Well, you know, since since, uh, people started uh, intermarrying from both towns, uh, that really uh, uh, ceased a lot of the animosity. So now I like to say that we're, we're one big happy family here in Carlo Wiley. And that, that reminds me of, of the, food truck when you're here your family the olive garden food truck they started here didn't they <laughs> yeah they they did they did they started the olive garden started here as a food truck so and, and that's another example of a food truck bridging the gap between um a brick and mortar uh, and i'm sorry to make any confusing remarks brick and mortar meaning an actual uh, structure a physical yeah. storefront yes. yes um and because i've heard that wiley the original town was all for um, physically structured restaurants while the Carlo side of town was originally selling food out of wagons and carts and such. True, true, yes. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and please do, Chauncey, correct me if I'm wrong, this comes from the tradition of or the people of Carlo constantly sieging the moat of Wiley. Yeah. And their, their mobile siege fortresses bore a striking resemblance to modern-day food trucks. Right, that's right. Uh, and that was, uh, that was one of the uh, things that we learned about moats, is that if you, if you build a moat, people are going to siege it. It's just the way people are in their minds. So uh, This is where the original Dove problem stemmed from, right? Yes, because when the towns is. joined forces, they got as many doves as they could to symbolize the friendship. And right. then from there, it just spiraled out of control. Right, it was symbolism that just got out of control. I mean, it was with good intentions. Well, that's how those things always start, you know, but then once you have to start building businesses and living your life dove-free, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Right, absolutely. And then you wind up with one dove, the Caribbean dove jerk food truck. Yes. 
I was actually going to mention um, the When Doves Cry food truck, who, yeah. unfortunately, they had to close. And it was very uh, bad timing with Prince's recent death because people looked to When Doves Cry to see what are they going to do. And they, they there was just a rolling tumbleweed where their food cart once was. Yeah, it left a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, souls unsoothed. That tumbleweed actually went on to destroy several food carts that day. That's right. It ran yeah. amok in the town. Yes. In all my years, I'd never seen a tumbleweed that dense or large. It was like a sign. It was like a sign from, from beyond or something. I, I don't know. Vince, I'm getting a sign from beyond. I don't know about you that we should move on to our next segment. That's me sign languaging move on to the next segment. Oh, I see you've also written on our chalkboard we should move on. That's right. That's right. But it's only out of anticipation for... My personal favorite segment. Did you know? So, listeners, did you know is our weekly fast fact round of amazing facts from whatever town we're in. Each week, we have five firing at you, the listener. Vince, I think you have the first one. I sure do, Elliot. Elliot, did you know that here in Carla Wiley, a strict 10-mile-per-hour speed limit is enforced at all times? Hmm. So why is that, Vince? It's to make people stop, I'm told, by the local authorities, making fast food jokes. Chauncey, have you run into this? Uh, Yes. You know, the interesting thing about the uh, 10-mile-an-hour speed limit is uh, not only are you not allowed to go over 10 miles an hour, but you're not allowed to go under 10 miles an hour, and that includes any sort of walking. So that's why you see people jogging a lot here. People just got to keep keep going, keep moving. So th- that definitely explains why Carla Wiley's always on Oregon's healthiest towns list. That's right. Uh, we decided that with all the uh, food carts, we uh, we were in danger of becoming an obese city, and uh, so we uh, decided just to just to keep things moving. Ten miles an hour just seemed like a, a a speed that everybody could achieve and everybody could maintain. So. Uh, so it's worked out really well. That's fantastic. Well, that's great. That's yeah. lovely. And I didn't know that. But Vince and Chauncey, did you know that Carlo Wiley has also been known to really prop up and help out the homeless population? I didn't know this. Elliot, what, what do you mean? So I've seen a lot of people around town, and you guys might have seen them as well, people wearing sandwich boards. And when restaurants um, have a grand opening or they have a new menu item, usually they put out a new sandwich board. But when they don't need them anymore, they don't want to put them in a landfill. So they become clothing for the local homeless population. Ooh, that's I, fascinating. I didn't realize that's who those people were. I thought they were tourists. <laughs> huh. No, they're, they're actually part of your community and they are helping to economically stabilize your community as well. Well, that's great. We just got to... Got to get him to jog a little faster is all. That would explain why there are a lot of souvenir shops. Instead of t-shirts, they sell sandwich boards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we got we to gotta keep Queenie McBee happy. We sure do. Chauncey, do you have a did you know fact for us? Uh, do I have a, a did you know fact for you? Uh, yes. Carla Wiley uh, once had the most, most movie theaters per capita of any city in Oregon. Wow, I didn't realize that. Whoa. So, yes. That's interesting. So just yes. at one point, what happened? Uh, well, there was a there was a big movie craze 
that happened in the early part of the 20th century. And uh, people just decided that uh, the wave of the future was going to be movie theaters. And uh, there was actually a company that was here in Oregon that sold movie theater kits. You could build your own movie theater. Uh, and uh, people went. To, people took that notion and went wild with it, the way we kind of do here in Carlo Wiley. And uh, there were actually uh, 1,015 movie theaters at one point. Wow. So yeah. that explains why a lot of the wheels on these food trucks are old film reels. That's right. That's exactly they right. repurpose them. I did drive past the other day um, what looked to be a drive-in theater that was closed down. I can only assume that when a lot of food trucks are driving up to watch a movie, people get kind of pissed when there's a truck in front of them and they can't see the screen. That's right. We tried uh, We tried actually building the screen higher and higher, but uh, then there was the accident. Sure, this local air traffic control, I'm sure, was not happy about that. Yeah, they were They were a little miffed about that. And uh, The food plane that was flying around is still stuck in that screen to this day. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, he didn't learn a lesson from the crop tester, yeah. so... That was, that was, I believe, shakes on a plane, the milkshake food plane. You'd phone in your order and they'd get, drop it down on a tiny parachute. I, I, for one, absolutely loved watching those little tiny milkshakes coming out of that plane. I thought that was a great business model. Truly, your town has lost a treasure. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. But did you guys know Carla Wiley is home to a very progressive movement called Kink Food Trucks? Hmm. So what's a kink food truck, Vince? Well, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's trying to incorporate, uh, you know, the cultural aspects of the kink community along with the delicious mobile food phenomenon of food trucks. Uh, and the one that, that pioneered it all is Mutton for Punishment. So, so what's Mutton for Punishment? Well, uh, it's, a, it's a lamb and, and sheep and goat meat restaurant, um, but you, it's served with a cat and nine tail so you can flagellate yourself after finishing it is that the only bdsm food truck in the town chauncey um it is now but i can tell you right now that that business has taken off like a wildfire it's taken off like a rogue tumbleweed and uh i believe we're going to see a lot more of that and i'm looking forward to it it, it takes all kinds it really and, and they make a, a great lamb shank that's amazing vince i want to check that out definitely before we leave and i didn't know that But guys, did you know that there is a surefire way to get crowds at your food cart? Well, I would be... Please, tell me. Yes, I'm very interested to hear this. So what I've seen is that the the carts with the most people out front have the least items for sale. So this could mean a food cart that uh, maybe doesn't even sell anything. Or maybe they go hit up Queen of McBee and get a chalkboard and write some menu items on them and then cross it all out because it's just the age-old supply and demand theory. Chauncey, what do you have to say to to this approach to business doing? Well, you know, um, I could see where that would really take off. Uh, Just in the last couple of weeks, there's been a uh, salt and pepper food cart that's opened up, and the crowd around that is always big. Just salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Wow. Yeah. It's called Dr. Peppers, right? right? That's right. So, so it's been interesting to see crowds just 
uh, compile around all these food carts that may have very sparse or no offerings at all just because they see people get in the line and they want to get in the line too. Yeah, yeah. I think there's room for maybe uh, maybe some non-food food carts, maybe just a napkin booth. The ideas seem to be always circulating with you. It's a never-ending circus of ideas. Truly an innovative man in an innovative town. Thank you so much, Chauncey Lingstrom, for for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you very much. And hopefully you'll join us on our final segment, Wish You Were Here. So listeners, Wish You Were Here is our opportunity to thank you for tuning in each week to Vince and I and our guests and the towns we're in across America. We know that you'd love to be here. We'd love it too, but it just can't happen. So we dictate an audio letter to you, one that goes something like this. Dear listeners, wish you were here in Carlo Wiley, Oregon. A town famous for the breadth and depth of their food truck scene. A scene that, like the small propane tanks that heat all of these food carts, is exploding. And a scene that, much like the film projector wheels on most of these food trucks, is on a roll. Especially esteemed food truck proprietor Chauncey Lingstrom. Pioneering the nation's first immobile brick-and-mortar food truck, he's done amazing things with the world of smoothies. So if you want to whet your appetite and keep your appetite going with the mobile food scene, then head to Carlo Wiley, Oregon. Farewell. From these parts to yours. Listeners, hope you're feeling satiated from our time in Carlo Wiley, Oregon, but we want you to come back for more next week when we're in Mauvstone, Wyoming. Mauvstone, Wyoming, much like its sister city, Yellowstone, is home to geological wonders, though Mauvstone showcases some of nature's least impressive. It's going to be interesting. Don't miss it.